eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The following is a presentation of Radio.com Sports. Radio.com Sports presents Big Time Baseball, Players Edition. I'm Tony Gwynn alongside Ben Davis. Uh, Big Time Baseball, Players Edition is part of Radio.com which allows you to listen to your favorite radio stations for free anytime, anywhere. Listen to over 300 stations and over 1,100 podcasts. Explore by location or genre to find out music, news, and sports from your own location or across the country. You can follow Radio.com Sports on Twitter at RDC Sports. Uh, ben, let's let's start with uh, probably the saddest news we've had and, uh, other than when it actually happened, but the toxicology report comes out uh, for for Tyler Skaggs, and there was uh, opioids found in the toxicology report, and um, there it it, it it shocked the family. Uh, the family is uh, grieving right now, and they certainly are going to do more in, uh, investigation. I can speak from a personal standpoint. When when my father passed, um, you know, it's it's a great deal of hurt to deal with, and. For a lot of families, including ours, you want to know the why and how, and you you tend as part of that grieving process, you're 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 dead set on finding that out, and that seems to be uh, what the Skaggs family is is going to attempt to try to find out who supplied these narcotics to their child, and listen, I think people need to give them space to do this. I I, I know. Uh, for some people on the outside looking in, it might seem as it's it's a, a very uh, impulsive decision, but it's part of the grieving process. So I, I would say that folks need to kind of give them space on this and, and allow them to grieve in, in, in their way because it's different for everybody, Ben. It is different. And, and obviously your thoughts and prayers go out to the Skaggs family. And, no doubt. You know, when the reports first came out, I was kind of torn in the middle. It's like, okay, unfortunately, Tyler Skaggs passed away. Very unfortunate incident. There's nothing that they can do to bring him back, and I'm just, just let his memory be, right? Just let let him let him you know rest in peace, and and why do they have to bring this up to really tarnish 
the 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 person you know and i'm thinking why why do we have to do this why do we have to tarnish him by bringing this up and then i'm thinking to myself well the opioid crisis is such a big crisis yeah, in yeah. our country and obviously there's so many deaths every day and if we can tackle this head on and, and maybe this can kind of you know bridge us into finding a, you know a solution to this awful awful devastating problem um, you know, the same way with, with Roy Halliday, you know, the reports yeah. that came out with him, what was in his system when he passed away. It's like, can we just let the man rest in peace and, you know, not bring it up? It's just something I think, but in this situation, though, the Skaggs family, they want to find out what exactly happened to their baby boy. And um, you can really understand, I, I think, definitely what you just said, Tony, just let the family be, let them figure out what's going on just so they can have a, a better uh, idea of, of what their son was all about. Yeah, and I think you said it best. Prayers uh, go out to the Skaggs family, no doubt. We're going to move uh, to some baseball now. Uh, I don't know if I, – I, actually, I'm positive you saw it being on the East Coast, but that Nats and Mets come, uh, game the other night, uh, ninth inning comeback from the, from, the Nat, from the Nats. They were going back and forth throughout that game. Uh, that, was, that was really a, a game to watch, man. You saw some, some good pitching early. You saw some timely hitting late. And some clutch hitting at the end, especially by Kurt Suzuki. Yeah, that's why you covet every out, right? Every yes, 20, yes. 27 outs, you've got to covet all of them. Uh, it was something. We had just gotten back. We're in Cincinnati currently, and we just got back from the ballpark. And I got a text message saying, uh, you know, you got to turn this game on. And I'm watching. I'm like, there's no way this is happening, right? There's just <laughs> no way. And it's that's what makes the game so great. You just never know what is going to. And it, it's it's one thing to to have a amount of comeback, but it's it's how the Nationals did it, because you have Trey Turner out there. I forgot how many outs there were in the, yeah, in the top did. of the ninth inning, <laughs> right? So you're thinking, okay, that's first and foremost. So that led to the snowball, and they all of a sudden the Mets score all these runs, and where they could have just turned a double play. And then you have on the on the back end of that, you got all these unbelievable relievers coming in from the you know obviously. The numbers don't back it up, but names on paper, you know, you got Lugo coming in uh, and, and Diaz coming in, and you're thinking, oh, this game's over. But no, they battled back, and this Nats team, I was watching a little bit of the, the, the game today on, the, on YouTube uh, while I was working out here at the hotel, and it's this Nats lineup is tough. And by the way, Peter Alonso hit his 45th home run today. <laughs> right. What a joke. Um, but this Nats lineup, they, they are, I mean, Wheeler had 75 pitches after three innings. And they just—they're just a relentless lineup, and that's exactly why you just can never sleep on them. And I think they pose the biggest threat not only to the Braves if they're able to get through the wild card, if they—they're going to play the Dodgers. I think they pose the biggest threat to the Dodgers because they have guys that can grind out at bats and wear down that starting pitching. It was this more evidence of the Nats' strength, or was this just a Mets meltdown? You think? Is that is like the what came first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a good right. question, Tony. Um, I think it's just more so than that's just wearing yeah. guys down. I agree. Uh, and and it's, they've had they've since was it May twenty fourth? They have the best record in all of baseball, not just the National League, all of baseball. And you know, I'll be the first one to tell you, I'm guilty as charged. When we saw them earlier, see, this team's done. They got no bullpen. Uh, I did see a stat today. If the Nets do get into the playoffs, and it looks like they will, they will have the worst bullpen ERA in the history of baseball to make the playoffs. The worst that ERA. Is, that, in the end, is why I don't think they pose the biggest threat, is because we've seen the bullpen really implode all year long. Now, they've gotten better. I don't know if they've actually gotten better or if the offense has been so good 
late as of pretty much the second half of the season that it's covered up a lot of the bullpen mishaps because they gave up some leads in that game as well. I got to ask because you, you've been on Juan Soto pretty much all year long. Mm-hmm. I thought he was so impressive against DeGrom, man. He was turning his ball around like it was nothing. And he's just... He's just he plays beyond his years, man. I've been I've been impressed. I've gotten a chance to actually sit down and watch him uh, over the last couple weeks, and I knew he was good because I, I talked to Joe Dillon often, who was their assistant hitting coach, uh, and he raves about him. But I, I got a chance to see him up person. I've got this chance to watch him dissect Degrom in like two of two of the three at bats he had against him, and it was super impressive. Yeah, and to have that wherewithal in the box, the the the, the presence that he has in the box. This, he really, really knows the strike zone. He does. Um, uh, you know, it's it's fun to watch. And he's a guy that's really spread out. He gets down into a low crouch. But he can drive the ball out line to line. He knows he just he knows how to hit and counts. I saw him take a first pitch off Wheeler and rifle it to right field for a single. Uh, he's just really, really good. And, uh, you know, Mike Rizzo came out publicly and said, listen, I'll give him 10 years, $180 million right now. He said, I, I will do that right now. Obviously, you know... <laughs> He's not going to take that. No, nah, uh, he's betting on himself at this point. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. And I mean, it's he's what is he twenty one years old? Uh, yeah. He's going to have such a bright future and a thorn in the side of the National League East foes for years to come. Let's let's talk about uh, your Phillies, man. Bryce, all of a sudden, I look up, he's got a hundred RBIs. This is a guy that everybody was pounding on early this year about how he was struggling, and he was rightfully so. But is is it still a down year, disappointing season for for Bryce Harper? Well, what do they have? 25 games left. He's got 130 right now. You know, I, I'm thinking, you know, with 25 games left, I think he could get to 36, 37 homers, and he might get up to 120 RBIs. I, I, I'd take that any day of the week, right? <laughs> right. I'd take it any day Without of the week. even blinking, I'd take that. Right? And you know what? He's been hot. Reese Hoskins has been hot. His last five games, he has just really turned it around. And this is a guy that was hitting right around 100 since the All-Star break. But the last five games, he's gotten that average back up to close to 240. Um, he's driving the ball to right field. He's staying on pitches. It's a completely different Reese Hoskins. So Reese Hoskins is getting pitches to hit, and therefore they're not just you know, looking past Bryce Harper anymore. Like, I'll, I'll just you know waste a couple to Bryce, and then I'll go after Hoskins. Well, this lineup is clicking pretty much in all cylinders right now. Charlie Manuel has his team rolling. Uh, it's been fun to watch the guys. Corey Dickerson's been a huge pickup from the Pirates. Uh, and Scott Kingery's been driving the ball. He's hit a couple balls out to right field here in Cincinnati the last couple games. I know it's a band box here, but the bottom line is this lineup is clicking right now. And, and they're picking up some of the starting pitching that's been a little lax lately for the Phillies. Yeah, two and a half games out of the second wild card spot. We'll get to the Braves later. Jeff Francoeur will join the show Talk a little Braves and a little uh, NL East, uh, but let's move to the Central, Ben. I mean, uh, Flaherty, the pitcher for the, for the Cards Cardinals, pitched another gem. Uh, eight innings, no earned one, oh, no earned runs. I haven't seen a lot of them, so I couldn't tell you mechanically. What, what have you seen from him uh, that's changed? Because look, through from March to June, through June, he was four and five with a four point seven five ERA. From July to now, he's five and two with a one point three two ERA. That's a hell of a turnaround, Ben. It sure is, and you know what? He hasn't really changed a whole lot mechanically. He really hasn't. He's just more in the strike zone. He's attacking hitters, and that's the I think his greatest asset is the fact that he just you know attack, 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 
and next thing you know, it's it's one two. Uh, he yeah. reminds me a lot of Degrom. He'll, he'll he'll come at you with that good hard fastball. It's a good heavy fastball. Um, and some guys just have a knack, Tony. They get they get you down on the count, and they're punching your ticket. They just know how to strike guys out. Some guys you see foul ball, foul ball, foul ball. Then you see maybe a fly ball. No, he keeps a pitch count down because once he gets you down, he's just keeps his foot on your throat and he will punch your ticket um he, he's he's really good he's able to throw breaking balls behind and count at times but for the most part he's on attack mode with that fastball in out up down he's he's pretty darn good that's that's you know i hate to go back to juan soto but that's what was impressive you brought up to grom and how he's able to get you behind and just punch you down with that fastball he, he couldn't do it against soto which was kind of mind-blowing to me mm-hmm. I, I digress let's let's move to the cubs because you talked we talked about this last week guys that have uh, raise their stock in free agency. Nick Castellanos continues to do it, man. I, what is it about? What is it about moving from a a cellar dweller to a winning environment that can change a player's play? Well, let's let's look at it this way. I mean, if you look at the Detroit Tigers lineup, the only name you're going to recognize. This is not a knock to the the, the guys on that team, but the only name you're going to recognize is Miguel Cabrera. Right, yeah, facts. So, that's facts. so I mean, that's just the way it is. So, Cassianos goes from that team where he's had maybe one other guy to protect him in that lineup to a ball club, you know, one through eight in that lineup. They can they can rake, right? They they yeah. have guys that can flat out hit. So you stick him into there, who's already an accomplished big league hitter, and then he's he doesn't have to get pitched around. He's going to get pitches. Plus, he's going from a big ballpark in Detroit to you know <laughs> to Wrigley Field. Everybody knows Good. about Wrigley Field. Good so point. I think uh, in his ability to drive the ball the opposite way, I just think there's more surrounding him, and this guy's stock has continued to go up. But you know, on that team as well, you got Zobers and Contreras coming back. I think Contreras is going to be the biggest key for this lineup. Uh, you know, from a defensive standpoint, he's a game changer behind the plate. I, I know he's a good hitter, but a game changer behind the dish. He 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 has he has the spirit of Pudge in him. Every time mm-hmm. I watch him play, he's that kind of has that kind of energy, and I think those guys feed off of it uh, in Chicago. I, I want to talk a little bit about. Uh, I want to move to the NOS and talk about uh, the Dodgers, but. I first want to talk about these outfielders. Uh, George Springer hurts himself. He has concussed himself in the outfield making a play. You had Jock Peterson making a night. Both guys made nice plays, by the way, but all got hurt. And it leads me to the question uh, of, of should outfielders be mindful of their surroundings when risking a great plan? And my answer to that is no. <laughs> Honestly, like when you're in the in between the white lines, Yes, your health is of the utmost importance because you have to be healthy in order to be on the field. But when it comes to chasing down a ball, especially in the outfield, it is the outfielder's duty to know his surroundings, to know the ball field. Now, obviously, if you're playing on the road, there's only so much information you can take in. It's not like being at home and knowing your outfield. But in both plays, I thought Springer, especially when he went back for that ball, he kind of was a little short of the wall, and he ends up hurting himself. But I think in the, in the grand scheme of things, you want to make that play. There, I can't think of any outfielder, at least that I've ever played with, that was more concerned about not hurting himself than actually making the play. And, and I, I think your teammates respect that when they know you're willing to go out. Now, you can work on body control so that you can make those plays and still not hurt yourself, but I certainly don't think you should be cautious 
put uh, when going after these fly balls or line drives uh, because you're worried about getting hurt. Tony, you cannot change the spots on a leopard. Some guys just that's the only way they know how to play. Yeah. And you know if that's why these walls are padded. Uh, plus, you know, you look at it you're like I don't want to let my pitcher down, right? If I have a chance exactly. to go into a wall, I, have, I would feel as now for now I never played the outfield, uh, but I would feel like if I did if kind of gator armed a ball into the, going into the fence or something where it tips off your glove and rolls around, the guy gets a double or triple. I would feel terrible, you know, as opposed to going 100 percent and you know not trying to make that play. I, I just think uh, you know you can't really think about that, and I think with regards to you know, you don't want to see anybody get hurt. But I think, no. with regards to the Dodgers and the and the Astros, if one of those guys does go down, they have other guys that can fill in for them. Good point. You know, and it's it's obviously losing a Peterson or a Springer would be devastating. But the bottom line is they still have other guys that they can fill that void. So no, I don't think you can really. There's no way you can halfway it when it comes to playing the outfield. Listen, when, when baseball start have, having to do with guys worried about that and load management, whatever you want to call it. Uh, baseball's got enough issues as it is. I don't think that's one that they really should take on at all. Let's move to the AL West, uh, Ben, on this one. And we talked about Springer. Uh, let's say he's out. Would you be? Would you feel as confident about the Astros? I know you're a guy who thinks the Yankees will get to the World Series, but do you feel as confident? Confident if a George Springer has to miss significant time? Because me, over the last two playoff runs. No matter what anybody will tell me, he's been the catalyst that gets that offense going at the top of the lineup. And he was amazing in that World Series year. And I think he's on his way. And he's a better player now than he was two years ago. So do you, if he's missing significant time, do you feel the same about the Astros? I do. I just think they're just so deep. Obviously, it's going to be really hurt them if, if that were to be the case. But I just think they're so deep. And that pitching staff is unbelievable. Um, I just, I still really like their chances, but I agree with it. I mean, he is that catalyst at the top of that lineup. He has the ability that a not only just you know work account, but he's got the ability to hit the ball out of the ballpark. He's got the ability to steal bases, so he can beat you in so many ways. And obviously, what he does in the outfield uh, can save a pitching staff. So, uh, but you know, I, I like their chances. This Oakland A's team, they're not yeah, going they're, anywhere. How do no. they do it? How do they do I, it? I'm trying to figure it out too because you know I, you're familiar with their their lineup now because they've been playing so well for so long. But at the start of every season, if you haven't like done your homework, you have a hard time naming three or four of these guys on that roster every mm-hmm. single year. Yet every single year they find at least the last two, especially they find themselves in the thick of the wild card race. I mean, they got in uh, last year. Just short of 100 wins. That's how good that team was last year. So it's not a surprise that they're there this year because obviously we've seen what they've done last year. But to see them never really in the in this in the conversation for free agents, they just develop guys. They bring in outcasts from other team, and all of a sudden they're 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 at the they're at second wild card team, really running away with it. Yeah, I mean they're 21 games over 500. 21 games. You know, it's kind of like it's it's like in, in the movie Major League when they're assembling the ball club and they're reading through the paper, like all the fans, are like who's this guy? Who's this guy? You know, one and of my favorite everybody... flicks of all time. Yeah, you can watch that over and over and over. But that's what it's like to me. Like, who's this guy? But yeah, they're, here they are in the wild card. If the season were to end today, they would be in the playoffs. So, yeah. um, you know, it, it's just a. 
it's a great situation. I think it's great for baseball. Uh, not a complete knockdown rebuild, but these guys, they find ways to win. Uh, they refuse to go out and spend the big bucks, but yet here they are every year playing good, solid baseball. Let's talk about the AL Central. The Minnesota Twins just continue to keep stiff-arming uh, the team behind them, which is the Cleveland Indians. And uh, Cleveland Indians looked like they were getting healthy. They had a couple setbacks. Uh, Jose Ramirez breaks his handmate. Carrasco, he's been out all year. Kluber's been out. Kluber, Kluber looks like he's on his way back, has an oblique issue. Uh, but the Carrasco story, I'm glad you brought that up. That's, that's a feel-good story. I mean, yeah. the kid had... To step away because uh, uh, happened to go through some a cancer battle. Uh, he's back on the mound, got a standing ovation from his teammates, from the fans. That's a little bit of a boost for that ball club, right? It is a big boost, but I think uh, Terry Francona Mayton might want to change up. I mean, he was in the eighth inning last night, a high leverage situation, and they bring in Cookie. Everyone calls him Cookie Carrasco. Uh, I think maybe you might want to ease him in. I mean, going through battling leukemia is is one thing. No but joke. Having to pitch the eighth. Eighth inning of a of a tightly play tightly contest ball game is is another. Uh, you know, <laughs> right. I think Terry Francona may want to ease him into that role, get him back. Do they need him? Yes, they need him drastically. But ease him back into it. Just don't throw him back into the fire. I mean, he's missed the, the, the whole season pretty much, and to have him throw you know get in that kind of situation, I might think maybe uh, maybe a situation that's not as severe before he really gets his feet wet. Let me give you some home run stats uh, for the Twins because clearly they are setting records that <laughs> many people never thought they would see broken anytime soon. But you have a guy like Mitch Garver, 267 at-bats this season and has 26 home runs. He had seven last year and 302 at-bats. Only one player has ever hit more home runs in 267 or less at-bats. Mark McGuire hit 32 and 236 at-bats. Nelson Cruz, ninth most home runs all time after the age of 33. I mean, it just seems like there's not going to be very much stopping uh, this Minnesota Twins. They went from losing this first place spot in the division to regaining like a two and a half game lead. I look down now, they are six and a half up on the Cleveland Indians. Yeah, and if I were to ask you, Tony, like, can you name the top three teams in run differential this season? I bet you would not even come close to thinking the Twins are in the top three. First, you have the you have the Los Angeles Dodgers at two twenty six plus two twenty six, which is just ludicrous. That's, that's lud- ludicrous. Right? Is a perfect then, word for that. And then you have the Houston Astros at plus two fourteen, and then come the Twins at one seventy six. I wouldn't have guessed them. I would have said the Yankees were the next team after. They're that. 10, then, 10 runs ahead of the Yankees. The Yankees are just one sixty two. So these guys can put up some runs. Do they have enough pitching? That's yet to be determined. But I've never seen an offense stay this consistent, especially with the long ball throughout the course of the season. It's all year. It's it's and it's not like they play in a bandbox. To be no. honest with you, they play in Minnesota, where early it's cold, later it's hot. Uh, a pretty relatively big outfield from left center to right center, and yet these guys are making it look like. A uh, 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 Williamsport, an adult Williamsport out there. Yeah, and, and you're talking about a, a Saber metric or a metric or anal, anal, analytics or whatever you want to call it. But they lead <laughs> all major leagues in launch angle. Their average yeah. launch angle is a little over 15 degrees. Yeah. Uh, you know, Don't know I, what that means other than they must be swinging up. But. They're getting balls in the air. That's what they all they want to do is get balls in the air, and they're doing it. I, I you know, at the it, it's funny because 
especially with Nelson Cruz, I, I don't notice any change in his swing at all. I haven't seen enough of the other guys to, to say that, but it's interesting that launch they are tops in launch angle in all of baseball. When I've, I've played, I played with Nelson Cruz, and his swing has been the same every year since I've been there. Been, uh, I've been around him. So it's interesting to know that that team uh, is, is clearly highlighting that as part of, uh, of their game plan. And more importantly for them, it's working. So let's, let's move to the AL East because um, it looks like the Yankees pretty much have that wrapped up. Tampa looks like they're going to, at this point, that they got that, sec, that first wild card spot. But the Yankees all of a sudden might be getting a little healthy, right? Severino returns, Batanza returns. Uh, uh, they'll both return in September, and all of a sudden, they got themselves some pitching. Yeah, and the starting pitching is what they need. Obviously, their bullpen, we know about how good they are. But if they can get Severino back in that rotation, that's going to help them out so much. Uh, and I just think, you know, you got Paxson up there who's had some good starts recently um, from the left side. You know, if he gets rolling and they got, you know, Paxson and, and Severino going in there with Tanaka, who's starting to pitch a little bit better, then all of a sudden that much maligned starting rotation doesn't look as bad. You know, all they got to do is get four or five innings and then let the bullpen take over because that once that bullpen comes in, it's over. And that lineup, it's over. So, again, they're still my pick to go to the World Series. I got the Dodgers and I got the Yankees going to the World Series. But it's I think, bottom line, it's going to be good. You have all these powerhouse teams. You know, is it good for baseball to, to go? I mean, these guys are so good. Some teams are so good and then other teams just are so bad what do you got on that here's the thing is i i don't think baseball at least from a spectating standpoint because at the end of the day that's what matters right you want butts in the seats you want butts if they're not at the seats you want them watching on tv or whatever device that they decide to use and i'm not sure that that's a good thing for baseball because unlike football and basketball that are national sports baseball is a regional sport And, and so if your team is out of it are tanking from the very beginning, I don't think that's helpful for the game in itself, right? You can't have a top-heavy uh, a league in in the game of a base in game of baseball because it's so long. It's too long to have a top-heavy because then the people will, will, will tune out. They won't want right. to watch. You, the middle of the road teams are good because in their region, they those people believe that they can make a move at the deadline or something that will push them into the playoffs. And and that keeps people wanting to watch. But when you know the outcome, and, and listen, let's let's be frank. Both you and I played this game, love this game dearly. But it's not as exciting as the other two sports. The other two sports can have top-heavy leagues, and people will stu- to still tune in because they they enjoy the excitement of the game. Right. Baseball's not that way. you got to have a love for the game, A, to want to watch as many games as they play in a year. But more importantly, you want to feel like your squad has a chance. And if and the, the trend right now is certainly headed towards what base basketball and football do, where you have, you know, a couple five to seven teams that have a legitimate shot. And then everybody else, there's no middle of the road. It's either really good or really bad. And I don't think that's good for the game of baseball because it's so regional. And I think it would be a bad mistake for ownership to allow that to happen. They middle of the road teams may not do anything for the actual standings of the game, but for the people who are paying their money to watch, 
Middle row teams give them hope. They believe that they can actually have a chance to win. And when you eliminate that, I think you eliminate a lot of, of a fan base. Yeah, and you're right because it is every day. It's not where football where you're just watching one game a week. Right. But I just think that the talent, I, there's so many guys in the big leagues that just shouldn't be there. You know, I, I don't begrudge them that, that making that salary and being there. But the bottom line, there's so many pitchers that don't belong there. Sometimes they just cannot command the strike zone. They're there because they throw 98, and that's it. And that is it. There's position players that don't belong in the big leagues. So it's so watered down now, the talent level, I believe. Guys that just fundamentals are out the window um, for the most part. Some teams, they stress fundamentals. They know how to do it. But it's so watered down, and they're actually talking about adding two more teams, which right. would water it down even more. Right. So um, I, I don't think it's great for baseball to have these these powerhouse teams. And you know they're going to be powerhouses every year. The Dodgers are going to be powerhouse. The Yankees, they're just going to be that way for years and years to come because A, they have the money, and B, because they want to be there. There's a lot of owners out there that just say, you know what, uh, this is this is my business. This is my investment. I really don't care. This is just me making <laughs> right. making a paycheck. And right. there are owners like that. I, I, I know there are. Um, I, I want to list them right now, and I'm going to throw anybody under the bus. But <laughs> right. there are owners like that that just don't care about how their team performs. They do it as an investment and to make money. Here is where I, it also is a disconnect, right? You talked about players who don't belong in the big leagues. Now, I think that's an organization choice, right? They are allowing that to happen. But I also think that they're, because of analytics, right, and because you have so many former ball players that don't necessarily buy all of it, uh, you you miss out on some good teachers at the lower levels, guys who who may have played in the big leagues, may have played in the minor leagues, and and have a lot to offer, but may not necessarily buy in to all of the analytics. Guess what? They're probably not going to be hired to be uh, one of the coaches in in the farm system because they'll find themselves or the organization will find them bucking against the system that they're trying to to install in, a, in an organization. So. Or, or you have guys who take the job and have to kind of conform. So you miss out on some of the teaching that you and I got and, and, and some of the guys that have a lot to offer to these young younger players coming up because there's a philosophy difference between organization, I think, a lot of times and some of the better teachers, which is why you're uh, at this rate, you're going to see a lot of guys who played who won't be coaches. They won't join the ranks. And I think that's part of the issue as well. You got to have, listen, I can tell you from experience, you, you go through Milwaukee's organization, you go through the Dodgers organization, you go through the Phillies organization. They have quality teachers in the lower levels. So mm -hmm. guys are learning a lot. And I can only speak for those ones because those are the organizations, and Washington's included in that too, because those are the organizations I play for. And to, that's the one thing they all have in common is that they do a good job of teaching the game, teaching the, 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 the different elements of, of the baseball. And that's why you see their guys come through the system and do well. You don't see that everywhere else because I think there is a disconnect in the teaching element because ultimately yeah. you draft a guy, you send him to the minor leagues, he's got to be able to learn on the fly. And the faster he learns, the quicker he can get to the big league level. But you also have to have guys down there that can teach and that can recognize, hey, this is what you need to work on. Let's let's go to work and do this. 
And I just think that there's not enough of that, which is why you're seeing, uh, aside from the fact that organizations are okay with having uh, guys that don't necessarily belong at the level, uh, because it's cheaper to pay those guys. Uh, let's not forget about that point either. Uh, I, I think that's part of the issue that baseball is facing right now. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. you got to have that, that tutelage at the minor league level if you want to come up and perform and have success at the big league level. No doubt about it. All right, Ben, uh, we're going to change it up a little. Earlier this morning, I was on Home and Home, uh, a radio.com sports original uh, this morning with Ross Tucker and David Briggs. And, and Ross Tucker posts the press box food of pretty much every stadium he goes to for announcing. And you you would notice, you, you go to a lot of these ballparks as I do. What ballpark has the best and worst, we'll go best first, uh, box food that you've experienced Oh well, that's one of my favorite subjects is food. <laughs> um, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to be a homer. I'm really not. But the the ballpark, the press box, uh, the press dining at Citizens Bank Park in Philadelphia is by far the best. I not can only concur. you have, I can concur. You have, yeah, you have variety. You have freshness. You have an unbelievable salad bar. You have the the hot items. You have a fruit bar around the corner. Uh, you got Frankie Two Scoops over there dishing the ice cream out. <laughs> yes, Frankie Two Scoops. <laughs> uh, he'll get you the ice cream at the end, but they have they have whatever you want to drink. They have cartons of milk. They it's just unbelievable the food, and it's just it it's really good food. It's just not you know we were here in Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati is a great city, but their press dining just isn't very good. No, it's just it's not. not. Um, <laughs> I, I would throw Milwaukee up there. Milwaukee's got some good grub, yeah. uh, you know, in their press time. But I would say the Phillies have the best, uh, and it's not even close. It, it's something different every night. It's just not the same stuff, but it is some good eats. I would, A, agree with that. I think not only is the food really good, along with that, those two scoops of ice cream that you can get, uh, <laughs> but but the service, the people that work there, are just the most kindest people you'll run across. I enjoy yep. going to Philly because of that. The worst, Dodger Stadium. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, and I got a lot of love for L.A., but whether it's the Dodger Dog, which in my opinion is very overrated. Extremely overrated. <laughs> the food is just, eh, it's not You're that right. great. <laughs> you are right. Good point, Anthony. Yeah. yeah so, so I would say... For sure. I, I do agree. Milwaukee is also uh, pretty good. Pittsburgh is, is hit and miss. I, I mm-hmm. like theirs too, but I think for as far as as far as best goes, I would agree Philly because you got so many different options and it's good food. It's not necessarily uh, the stuff that you want to eat, but it's healthy all the time, I believe. And, and then the worst is just it's, it's LA. I, there's just yeah. no getting around it. I'm sorry. Valid point. Valid point. Sorry, sorry, people in Los Angeles. You guys, you guys got to work on that that cafeteria food there. All right. Uh, coming up in a few minutes, uh, we'll have Jeff Francoeur, former Atlanta Brave. He'll join us, talk a little bit of the NLEs, and of course, his Atlanta Braves. Hey, this is Cody Decker from Swings and Misses, the Radio.com Sports Original, here to talk to you about hymns. Now, baseball has done a hell of a job ruining my hairline over the years, and quite frankly, my wife can't stand it. Well, thank God I just started taking hymns. Go to 4hymns.com. 4hymns.com is your one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Now, hair loss gets to be a decision rather than an absolute fate. Hymns connects you to real doctors and medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss. These are no snake oil pills or gas station counter supplements. No, this is real medication from doctors 
backed by science. Use promo code SWING and my listeners get a trial month of hymns for just $5 today, right now, while supplies last. See website for full details and safety information. This would cost hundreds of dollars if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. Go to 4 slash swing. That's 4 spelled F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash swing. All right, we are now happy to bring on Jeff Francoeur, the former big ligger and current TV analyst for the Atlanta Braves. Jeff Francoeur played for the Braves, Mets, and Phillies, among other teams, and was a Gold Glove outfielder. Jeff, thanks so much for coming on with us today. Of course, Ben. Uh, you, you have the, the opportunity, the privilege, really, to look at a Atlanta Braves ball club, which is atop the National League East. Uh, there's a lot of things that this ball club does well. What is the reason they're in the position they're in right now? I think more than anything, it's just the continuity of the everyday lineup. I think in today's game, you see so many guys that platoon or play lefty, righty. And I think for the Braves right now, the nice thing is they mostly have a lineup that goes out there every day. And, you know, you have Freddie and Ronald and Ozzy. You know, Dansby just got back. Um, Donaldson, the way he's going this year, you know, doing every single day. So I completely, for you know, when you think about it, this is a group that's out there every day, you know, playing. I think it makes it easy. I think the guys know their roles. They know when they come in that they're hitting, you know, one, Freddie's hitting three, you know, there's no, there's, there's no confused, you know, guys, when you come in, everybody knows their role. And I think that goes a long ways. It was, you know, when we played Ben, that was a big thing. Guys knowing the roles and it's not that way anymore, but I think the Braves and Brian Snicker have done a good job of letting those guys know that. Well, at the very top of that lineup, you have Ronald Acuna Jr. who in my mind is the next Mike Trout. He's the next Mickey Mantle. This guy can beat you in a myriad of ways and he's only going to get better. Did I know the Braves are very high on this kid, but for him to come into this league and do what he's doing, I mean, he's taking the world by storm. Oh gosh. Yeah. You look, I mean, you look at, he, he's on pay. He's got a chance for 40, 40 this year at the age of 22, which to me is, is unheard of. And I think he's only getting better. That's the best part. If you actually look at him this year from his defense, uh, his base running, everything's continuously got better. And I think that's something that, you know, sometimes you see guys not work as hard or do whatever, but he's, he's been able to improve in every category. Uh, like I said, last year, he didn't really use his legs much for base running this year. If you look at it, the guy's stealing bases at a clip, he's hitting the ball for a young kid. I've never seen a guy go the other way as good as he does. I mean, you see it last last night versus the Nationals, hit a home run opposite field off Strasburg. So he has so much power. And I think the idea of having him at the top of the lineup every day for the next 10 years is one of the best things that could have ever happen. Yeah, he's definitely going to be a thorn in the Philly side for, for years to come. Uh, let's talk about another guy. And if, if you go around the league and say I'm, I'm the GM and I'm going to start my own team, uh, you go to round each position. I'd be hard-pressed not to pick Freddie Freeman as my everyday first baseman. A model of consistency. How come Freddie doesn't get any love? <laughs> it blows my mind. I tell everybody that. And I love it that all these teams that come in, these announcers are like, man, I had no idea Freddie was that good. I'm like, listen, we get to see it every night. I know you get to see it with the Phillies all the time. And if you think about it, you know, the big thing for me with Freddie is that he, he – he almost never goes into a slump. If you watch him, he's so consistent. And every at bat, every game seems to be the same for him. But I'll tell you what, I think between last year, the All-Star game, him starting this year, and I believe that the Braves got a good chance to make a game home. 
I think everybody's going to get to see him from a national standpoint finally. And, and I hope that happens. I hope they get to the NLCS and I hope people can see how good he is on a consistent basis. Cause I'll tell you what, he's going to get a lot of MVP, MVP votes this year. I'm not saying it's going to happen that he's going to win it, but I'll tell you what, he's going to get a lot of top two, top three votes. Yeah, as well. He should. Now you're looking at a Braves team. They're most likely going to win the national league East this season and, and move on to the playoffs. If for them to get deeper into the playoffs, what's the one possible thing that could hold them back from possibly making it to the World Series? I would have to say just as good as the bullpen's been lately, it's still the one thing that could end up if they have to cover a lot of innings. Now, if Max Reed, if Mike Soroka, if Dallas Keuchel and these guys go out there and pitch the way they can, you know, and go six, seven innings like Max Free did. You know, last night went seven innings. You shorten the game to me, and you and you can use matchups and different guys in the bullpens. What I worry about is if they get in the game where this guy's one starter throwing a hundred pitches through five innings, man, and he's they got to get twelve outs in that bullpen. You might get exposed a little bit. You might start to see a little bit of that weakness. But if they can get some length from the starters and be in the game, I really like the opportunity for them to go against, you know, the Dodgers or or someone else in the in the NLDS, NLCS, and and have a chance to go to the World Series. Now you got Josh Donaldson who came in uh, this season is playing third base. He's playing a great third base, hitting home runs. What are the odds that the, the Braves sign him back? And if so, would it be a multi-year deal or would it be just a year to year? Well, I think someone's going to give Josh two years, um, you know, I, and he deserves, I know the Braves have no problem giving Josh two years. I think the interesting thing is going to be is does he get that third year at his age? Does someone give him that? But I, I know this from talking to Alex Antopoulos and those guys, they want him back bad. And they're going to spend some money to do it. I mean, it's, it's, this isn't a discounted guy. This isn't, he has put up a huge year this year. And, you know, honestly, been the first guys probably since Freddie Freeman's been in Atlanta that has had protection for Freddie. And actually, if you go watch, Freddie's got pitched to sometimes this year when, you know, I'm sitting here calling the game going, no way they pitched to Freddie. Well, you go and look at Donaldson's numbers off the pitcher and he's, you know, five for nine with two home runs and a double. So, you know, I think that's the great thing is that he puts that protection. And I know the Braves are going to put a high emphasis on bringing him back because he's completely changed and lengthened the lineup. Well, in, in the modern day baseball, we always talk about analytics and saber metrics. And, and you guys have a manager. I, I would say he's more old school than most, uh, Brian Snicker. And I know he does do some of the newer thing, nuances of the game. But do you consider him really still one of the, the old school type guys? Oh, absolutely, man. First off, he lets the guys go play. There, there's not much, you know, to it. They have a game plan. They go out and do it. But the thing I love about Snit is he gives the pitching from Rick Kranitz and the pitchers to to the catchers, Brian McCann, Tyler Flowers, and Al Cervelli, that, hey, listen, we have a script that we want to follow. But if you see something and it needs to change, change it. You're smart. You've played the game a long time. And that's the one part, Ben, that kills me watching baseball. I know you watch it all the time is I feel like the younger guys, their ability to make adjustments on the fly because it's almost like the game's thought out for them. And for instance, the other night, sitting there watching Edwin Diaz, you know, throw to um, Kurt Suzuki in that game, and he, he gets him on four out of five sliders. 
you know, he swings the two jelly legs a couple, and then he throws him three fastballs. And I get that his fa- his curved slider has not been great this year, but that's a scenario when a catcher and a pitcher got to understand, okay, he's not seeing my slider. It might not have been great this year, but it's good right now. And instead they throw him three fastballs and he hits a home run. And that's my point of being able to make adjustments on the fly. And I think the Braves do a great job of giving the freedom to the pitchers, the catchers, and Rick Kranitz to be able to do that. And I think that's why night in, night out, they've won a lot of games. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. It seems like some players now are just robots out there. And it's just, like you said, everything's scripted for them. And they're just going off a, a typical you know sheet that they have stored in their hat of where to play guys and things like that. Um, you know, we'll get to another couple different teams in this division. Obviously, the Phillies, the Marlins, Mets, but the Nationals, they are the they have the best record since the end of May. Uh, this is a team that is hitting the baseball all over the place. We know about their starting rotation. Do you think that they could pose any type of threat as we finish this last couple weeks of the season? I do. I think as we said today, the Braves are eight games up. I, you know, It's going to be tough for me to see the Braves blowing that lead with the offense they have, some of the arms. But this is, I think if the Dodgers can win that one, I think they'll host a one game wild card. And if they can win that one game wild card, holy smokes, man, it, they, they're going to give the Dodgers everything they want with that pitching staff, the mm-hmm. way they play. So the, the key is, and you know, Ben, as much as I did, that one game wild card is a crapshoot. And so when you get in it, you have to find a way to win that game. Now, if they do win that game, I tell you, I, I think they can make a lot of noise and see how good they are every night. Rendon, Soto, you know, kind of like Freeman and Donaldson, not many better three, four punches in baseball. So I think you're going to see these guys make some noise, but I do think it's going to have to be through the wild card. I don't think they'll catch Atlanta. Without a doubt. And let's get into a, a bit of your personal life, Jeff. Um, you're married with three kids. You live outside of Atlanta. Um, it's you know where you grew up. And tell us a little bit how you're able to manage, you know, your work schedule and travel with the home life and raising three kids. Well, I'll tell you what, I was lucky my last few years, you know, I, of course, was with you and Philly in 15, mm-hmm. uh, Chip and Joe in Atlanta. And I talked to a lot of you guys about the schedule, about having the freedom to be able to do some stuff. So I love it. I call 100 games, but I'm also able to coach my daughter's softball team. My son's starting rookie ball. He's four. So I'll be helping <laughs> out with, with that uh, this fall, too. So I've enjoyed it because I'm still involved in the game. I get to talk baseball what I love to do, but I don't have the everyday grind. I don't have to be there at two o'clock. I don't have to worry about facing Aaron Noller, or Jacob DeGrom at 7.20 <laughs> that night. I get a chance to just go in, call a game. And listen, I'm pulling like heck for the Braves, but at the end of the day, after the game, I leave, and it's not my fault that if we won or lost. So <laughs> I've enjoyed it, but it's great to be able to be home and be a dad and be with the kids and do a lot of stuff that I feel like, you know, when you play, you never have that opportunity. Yeah, that's true. Well, heck, if, you were get, if you're getting to the clubhouse at 2 o'clock nowadays, you'd be late. Those guys are getting there at noon now. <laughs> so that's uh, that's something I, I, I never really get. But, uh, Jeff, we really appreciate you coming on with us today. Uh, it's, it's always great to hear your voice. You can find Jeff on social media, on Twitter, at Jeff Francoeur. And uh, we love listening to you when you're in the booth with Chip. And uh, we wish you the best of luck and good luck with the Braves this season. Thanks, Ben, and I'll see you next week. Sounds good. Talk to you later, Frenchie. All right, that does it for myself and Ben Davis. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to Radio.com Sports Big Time Baseball Players Edition presented by Radio.com Sports. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast by searching Big Time Baseball. You can also find us 
on Twitter at RDC Sports. Until next time, Tony Gwynn Jr., Ben Davis. We'll catch you next week. This has been a presentation of Radio.com Sports. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro.